Your life can be full of inspiration and magic, and you don't need glass slippers to get there. Welcome to the podcast for real life heroines with author, speaker, and coach, Susanna Liller. Join us as we work with key elements of personal development to assist you in hearing the calls that life has for you. Be inspired, be empowered, and be encouraged. Let's start today's episode with your host, Susanna Liller. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast for Real Life Heroines, where I, Susanna Liller, get to interview real life heroines who are on their own unique heroines journey to discover more about who they are and their true selves by answering calls and going on journeys and facing challenges, but learning, learning, developing, evolving into a larger version of themselves than they were when they began. And of course, we go on many heroine's journeys in our lifetimes. And my guest, who's going to talk about hers today, is Jeannie Sullivan. Welcome to you, Jeannie. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Very excited to have you here. And Jeannie, I'll just say a few words. We're going to be giving you her information at the end of the podcast about how to learn more about her and her website. But she is a psychic. She's a tarot card reader, a master Reiki practitioner. She is, what else, Jeannie? Well, she's a survivor. <laughs> I, that I am. I am very resilient and I am a survivor. That is for sure. Right. And that is for sure. Certainly because of what caused her to develop her resiliency and her survivorship, she gets to have the heroine's badge all over her. So we're going to talk about that. Um, I just want to read a little bit about from your bio. Mm -hmm. that, um, you began your spiritual journey, which is, which is what we really want to talk about today, because we're going to hear about what got you on the spiritual journey. But you began that journey in 1996. And you began it by studying tarot and soon branched out into holistic energy modalities. Mm -hmm. Always been intuitive. You told me even as a child you were. Yes. And you would always read people. And I'm going to ask you in a little bit kind of what, that, what that's about. And um, then you have been in education, the field of education for about 30 years, I believe. That is correct. Which is going to be, we'll talk about that because that's prompting another call for another heroine's journey. And um, yeah, so you also, and because of your teaching experience and developing all the curriculum that you've had to do, you are able to and have developed curriculum for teaching metaphysical courses and all kinds of things, which again, we'll talk about that too. So just welcome. Jeannie and I both live in Maine. We're very lucky to live in Maine. And I'm going to tell you in full transparency that Jeannie's going to do a reading for me in a couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to that, Jeannie. 
yes, it'll be a lot of fun. And, you know, the way I think about reading and getting readings, however they are, tarot reading or another kind of reading, to me, it's acquiring data, accessing another. Exactly. Yeah. So why would I just, you know, limit myself or contain myself to what I can see in my real world um, and learn and read? Why not access other ways of getting information? So, and you can always choose to disregard it. Um, Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. I always tell my clients to take what resonates with them and leave the rest. And a good reading, whether that's tarot cards or mediumship, is confirmation. Um, It's oftentimes I hear, oh, I was thinking about that, or that's how I feel. And like I said, a a good reading um, with someone who's worth their salt, it should be validating. It should be um, certainly not coming out of left field. You should feel good about the reading and really be able to connect with it. Yeah. No matter, like I said, whether that's tarot or mediumship or Akashic Records or any of the other multitude of readings that you can have. Right, right. And so you really, I think you're talking about it resonates with you. You get a feeling inside that, yeah, this is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Definitely, which yes. we have experienced. So great. Okay. And so now I'm prompted to ask you, so of all the types of readings that you do or the types the different modalities you do, metaphysical work, do you have a favorite? Um, I have a couple favorites for a couple reasons. I love doing energy work and I love doing um, spiritual life coaching because it's so empowering for the people who are either sitting in the chair or laying on the Reiki table while they're getting um, an energy session um, in part because I'm receiving just as much of that energy as the person who's laying on the table or sitting in the chair. And um, it's, it's in that way, it's a really beautiful flow with spirit. Um, And I also like doing readings because that is, I love the energies that I connect with and the conversations that I have with beings on the other side, as well as the client who's sitting across the table for me or in the zoom room or whatever. Um, And I'm really, really fortunate to be able to do what I love. I love doing this. Um, It's really interesting to connect with the different kind of energies that are on the other side because some can be really, really profound and very, very ancient and um, and 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 it of course is all high vibrational energy. So it really depends on who, what being you connect with depends on what kind of energy that you'll be receiving. And it's just such a gift to be able to tell people. not necessarily what they want to hear, but tell them that about their their relatives or their their ancestors on the other side, what they're doing, what they're feeling like, and they and and when you cross over and go to the other side, you feel very very different and react very differently than if you were still in human form. And I think that's the surprising part for a lot of people. Huh. And I forgot to say that you are a spiritual life coach, a spiritual coach. And yeah, that's interesting. And so it prompts me to say that what got me to publishing my book, where I was kind of in a place where I was stuck and I ended up sitting next in a a retreat to a spiritual life coach. Oh, wow. 
yeah, who who turned to me when I was explaining, here's where I am and the book is ready, but I don't know what to do and where to go. And she just, bam, was able to give me advice right in the moment that steered me in the right direction that helped me publish it. So I am such oh, a great. believer in that kind of spiritual help and counseling. So, okay, well, so you do this work, but you had a background that wasn't the easiest. And it really, oftentimes that's the case for heroines on the journey. What sends them on their journey is something not so much fun happens. Exactly, exactly. And you and I, it's kind of around the same year. I mean, you, when you told me what kind of kicked things off, you got divorced, which Correct. in 1996, well, I was separated in 1997 from my ex-husband. So, so, and I know you told me that you were a battered wife. That is true too. Yeah, which is why you said, this is it. I've had it and left, but then how did that kick you off on your spiritual journey? Cause it's around the same time that that happened. That's correct. And I was 26 when I got divorced and I made a very conscious decision that no matter what, I was going to get better because I couldn't, I couldn't live in that energy anymore. I wanted better things for me. I wanted to heal the parts of me that needed to be healed. And so I started therapy. I've been in, in an, I've been in therapy most of my adult life. And um, it kind of coincided really well with my spiritual journey. Um, like you said, I had started with tarot. It was something that was familiar to me. I knew a little bit about it. I had, I had kind of read for other people uh, for a really long time. And then that kind of morphed itself into um, learning how to do Reiki. Cause again, that was something that was familiar to me. I'd heard the word at least. And um, I um, have an interesting story. I have a friend of mine who is a Reiki master and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I can do this. And he's like, stick out your hands. And so I stuck out my hands and he put his hands over mine. And he goes, what do you feel? So I, I feel warm and tingly. And he, uh, he, and I said, but that's you. And he gets in my face. And he goes, no, Jeannie, that's you. And I'm like, oh, I can't do this. So that um, I got my level. I'm now a master, but at the time I was a level one. And um, a friend of mine wanted asked me if I'd be interested in learning how to do primus activation healing technique. And that is a modality that works with the earth's electromagnetic field and the universal energy and really does an excellent job of, of balancing, grounding and, and centering you. And I fell in love with it. Hmm. And then that led to a few years down the road to uh, my, my own shamanic practice that, that informs my energy sessions when I, when you have a session with me or when a client has a session with me, it's just been one foot in front of the other for quite a while. Um, and like I said, I made that conscious decision and there certainly have been ups and really hard downs in between. Um, and I think that that makes us really good pro energetic providers because who sits across the table from me now and throughout this entire journey doesn't have the exact same story that I do, but a very similar story than I do because they can resonate. They don't necessarily know why, well, they, they want a reading, but they resonate with me because I, I feel, I can feel and know what 
to a certain extent, what their journey has been. So they, they, on an energetic level, somehow understand that I understand it, that there's no judgment, that there's no any of that, that it's just a loving support, supporting, understanding situation. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think maybe we, can you explain what Reiki is to people? Sure. Um, it's a life force chi energy um, that we all have in our body. Um, it <clears throat> was created in, well, the lineage that I have done is called Yusui Reiki, and that it's a lineage that has come out of Japan. And for centuries, the only people who could do Yusui Reiki was true people who live in Japan. And then this woman who is of Japanese descent, she, her parents moved right before World War II. She um, brought it out from Japan. She went back. There's a very interesting story about that. Good thing that she's as persistent as she is because finally they're like, fine, we'll teach you how to do it. Um, and so um, so she did, and then she brought it to the States. So that's how um, Yusui Reiki became um, worldwide and world known. But it is a life force chi energy that is accessed through the universal source itself. And it's used to balance and calm and um, clear your energetic systems because we all have that life force energy within us that kind of gets gunked up with life. Mm -hmm. And um, you can clear it yourself um, to a certain extent uh, and you can kind of up the ante, so to speak, and go to a, a energetic practitioner who can really clear out because we have been attuned to Reiki or Primus or other modalities as well. Right, right. And, and you can just like he did with you, you can feel kind of like a tingling in your fingers, even if you haven't yes training or anything yes and that's a really good point because everybody can do reiki if you've ever helped somebody feel better giving them a hug or giving them support that's a form of reiki the only difference between that and me is that i've been attuned directly with that kind of energy so i can get right on the radio station so to speak where yours might come in a little bit fuzzy but that doesn't mean that you can't do it either right. if you are able to energetically help people feel better that is a form of reiki and we all do it all the time and I understand, so that lineage, so she trained people who trained people, and one of those people gave you that same training, so it really Correct. connected, yeah, yes. more powerful, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so, so Jeannie, there you are, so you, you go through a divorce, which was not fun and a difficult time, but at the same time, discovered this wonderful path that you took and you learned and as you say one foot in front of the other mm -hmm. yeah that's the heroine's journey all right um and and then when you talk about ups and downs boy you know so oh but we should also say 2010 you opened your business you officially Correct. opened heartfelt energies um Correct. so that was pretty big you mm -hmm. said I'm, I'm hanging my shingle out. I'm going yes. to do this. I'm owning it. Yes. That's and that in and of itself was very empowering. And that has been a steady, um, I don't want to say climb because that Im implies that what it wasn't easy, um, but it's, it's been a steady increase since 2010. Yeah. Yeah. So there you are being who you really are, sharing your gifts. And then 2014, 
and she hit with a bang. Life <laughs> fell apart. Yes, and yes. So how did, what was that about? So in 2014, from an energetic standpoint, there was this energy that was pummeling earth. It was called Grand Cross Energy. And some astrological signs made it through relatively okay. Some did not, and mine was not one, and I am not an exception to that. It, um, the, it, it was hard. It started in 2013 um, in a matter of probably about uh, six or seven months. Um, it started with me. Um, I lost my cat that I'd had for quite a while, and we were really bonded. Um, she was a spiritual being in and of her right, in her own right, and we were really close and tight. Um, so that happened in the fall of 2013, and then um, my mother um, passed away in March. Um, and um, shortly thereafter, I had lost my job, and because I lost my job, I had lost my housing because I couldn't afford the rent anymore. So by May. Oh no. Yeah, May, May, May 15th, um, May 15th, 2014, I um, moved in with a friend of mine for a little bit. Um, and um, God bless her. She's, she continues to be a really, really good friend of mine to this day. Um, and, but I wasn't finished with the slide yet either. Um, um, I, after, like I said, after my mother died, um, I um, lost my job and I was couch surfing for about four or five months and you were homeless. I was homeless. Yeah, I was homeless. And um, I had really good friends in that time. I have, I have a friend of mine who took my stuff. Like I said, my other friend took me in for a little while. Um, and it wasn't until October that I had, I, I was able to rent a room and I had a part-time job that led to another part-time job. And then slowly over time, I got on my feet. Um, not that I ever want to redo that time in my life ever, um, but it taught me just how resilient I was, just how powerful I was. It stripped a lot of entitlement, not all of it, um, um, but a lot of it. And um, in that process, I had a very, very powerful spiritual experience. Hmm. Um, I decided that um, I, was, I was done. I was done. I couldn't do it anymore. I was going to be very neat about it. I packed up my car and was going to leave it. My parents had a, had a cottage on a lake. Um, and talking I about, happened to be there. You're huh? talking about done as in done. Like absolutely. I'm going to go in the woods. I'm going to slice, slice my wrist and the animals can have me lunch for them. And so <clears throat> packed up my car and I decided that this particular day, uh, all I remember was it was a nice sunny day. I, I can't remember like July, August, but it was a nice sunny day. I do remember that. So I'm like, okay, today's it. I'm done. I'm going to just do it today. Cause I've been thinking about it for a while and there was definitely a suicide plan. And, and I got up to get um, the knife. And, um, and so I stand up and start walking to the cupboard and I hear, and I'm the only one in the, in the cottage. That's it. Um, I'm it. And I hear sit down very sternly. And I'm like, whatever. I, I advise that you never go whatever to the universe. Because <laughs> I hear again, even more sternly, sit down. I'm like, okay. So I sat down and uh, my guides and my spiritual team and the universal source itself said, if you want to do this, we will let you do this. We will not prevent you from doing this because there you have a choice in this. However, 
if you decide to do this, we will take you back in another life. When you cross over and you do your work and you come back, we will bring you right back to this point again, and you'll have to make this decision again. And I'm like, insert expletive here. I am never doing this again. And I made that decision that, nope, if I have to do this, I'll ride it out in this lifetime. So I don't have to do this again. And I did ride it out. And I'm in a very different place, certainly since 2014. And it's been, it's been definitely a hero's journey. I have earned my hero, heroine journey badge, but I've also earned my my superhero cape through that. And um, I've, like I said, I've learned so much about myself and I've learned to be resilient and I've learned to be creative and, and I've learned to think outside of the box. And that in and of itself, because when, like when I was in there in the midst of it, I had to figure out if I was going to eat that day, where was I going to sleep that day? Was it good weather? Was it getting cold? What do I need to do? And I've gotten into the habit of making a million decisions in a day. And that kind of gets me in a little trouble at work at teaching school because I I just I'm like okay this needs to be done let's do it and um and um sometimes that is a tad frowned upon because I'm not following the chain of command like I see a problem I'm gonna fix it because it's right in front of me and then we're off and they're like um that's the cue (laughs) so Jeannie just in case there are people listening that are in a deep black hole like you were in, what what can you say that would, I mean, how did you, okay, obviously you had an intervention, a divine intervention, and that would slap you out of it, right? But even then you had to work to get yourself back on track. And is there anything you can say about what really helped you at that during that time as you were working to get back on track? I was fortunate enough to realize that faith was being interjected in my life and I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now. Um, The universe never left me, never left me. Yes, I was in this situation, but money would appear when I really, really needed it. That felt like out of the blue. Um, I'd had friends would stop by and they would feed me and leave me leftovers for the week. So I'd have something to eat for a few days. Um, Something would happen and, and it'd be very serendipitous. And so even though the universe brought, I felt the universe brought me down probably with my help to my knees the entire time they were doing that. So clearly I would learn this lesson. They were also infusing me with all this help from the other side, as well as, um, the humans in my life too. Um, I've I had a lot of help um, from the other side um, when I when this when the slide was really happening. Um, I had an interesting encounter with an ex boyfriend I didn't know who had crossed, and that in of itself is an interesting story to find out how I found out that he had crossed because he kept appearing in my bathroom, and I'm really like, "What are you doing here? Why are you here?" And then one thing led to another, and I had realized he died in a car accident. Like, oh, and he really helped out and has never really left. So um, there were lots of beings on the other side who have helped, but there was also a lot of <clears throat> help on this side too. Right. And, um, you know, getting jobs at the right time, being at the right place at the right time, um, having people help me out. So if you can, when you're in that dark, dark place, double down on your faith. And I realize, I know that that is not an easy thing to do when you're in the middle of a storm. Um, but if you are able to see what the universe is 
is providing you, yes, you're in this spot, but if you can look at all the stuff that is coming in for you at the same time, I found that that helped out immensely. Yeah. And there's no time like the present. If you can start a gratitude practice, that is really good to, a time to do that because when you are grateful, even for the smallest things, like thank you for the my friend who just stopped, dropped off a hamburger or whatever, the universe will give you more things to be grateful about. Yeah, I was that was in my mind as you were talking because you were really um, able to see the things that were good, even though you were in the midst of yes, a difficult time. And yes, I agree. I believe what you believe that you know, universe. God, whatever you want to call something greater, um, is always with with us and never does leave us. And so, you know, in a way, it's like it's there. So turn on the switch, or you know, um, realize even if it's just a teeny bit of faith, I think it helps. Yes, yes. And all you have to say is help. You don't even have to ask anybody specific to pray to. If you don't know who to pray to, that's okay. Or say, I don't know if we call it praying or whatever. All you have to do is say help. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit more forceful if you say it out loud, but even if you think it. Um, and if you're open to it, I can almost guarantee you'll be surprised who shows up. Yeah. Huh. Do you have a specific person? I know some people, some mediums, like you have a specific guide that comes or... Um, all the time or I have a whole team um, I have a whole team that doesn't surprise me <laughs> and um, depending on what I need and when I need it um, it depends on kind of who shows up um, my I have a being who feels like a big brother to me and he's very much a protector and um, we have lots of conversations and he keeps me pretty safe. Um, and um, I have, I even have some spirit animals who help me out too. I have, uh, I hope he doesn't mind that I talk about him today. I have a wolf who helps me out immensely. Um, and and, and the, there's also my ancestors too, like my parents, um, my grandmother, um, my mother's mother who I never met on earth, that doesn't matter. She passed away long before I did, but we came in as a team and she has been around me from day one. When I was younger, she'd leave me um, flower smells so I would know it was her. Hmm. Um, she doesn't do that so much now. I can see her um, and um, feel her um, better than I did when I was a kid, but I always knew that she was around and it's kind of funny. Um, I know that there's lots of misconceptions about our abilities and psychic abilities and all that kind of stuff. Um, empath, being able to feel things was my strongest gift. The last to come, because speaking of fear, I was afraid of it, um, was the mediumship. It wasn't until I started doing psychic dinners with my, with my team that people would come and say, I want to talk to so-and-so and be like, no, no, I don't want to do that. And then finally, I'm like, fine. I was probably a medium the whole entire time, but I wouldn't let myself think of it that way. So that was kind of the long, the last gift to come. That was this that I could I could read energy. I can read tarot cards. I was probably talking to dead people anyway. I just didn't call it that. Um, it wasn't until finally I'm like, okay, you people keep asking. All right, I'll do it reluctantly. That um, the mediumship really came into being. So that's interesting. So what's a psychic dinner? So a psychic dinner is um, not so much now because of COVID, but before COVID happened, 
we, um, my team and I would go to various restaurants and you would be given a little ticket that had one of our initials on it and a number. And that meant sometime during your dinner, you would get pulled for a 10 minute psychic reading. And then you would pay us um, um, money and you'd have a, a like a 10 minute psychic reading. And then you'd go back to dinner or go back to your friends or whatever you wanted to do. And we used to do them um, quite a bit in various restaurants in the area between Augusta and Popsum. Um, and we were really, really busy, but then COVID hit and a lot of the restaurants that we used to go to closed, they're just not there anymore. So you're saying that, I'm trying to understand what was coming through and what you were reluctant about. So, so you were talking with somebody who was sitting at the restaurant table with you. Yes. One of their people, maybe somebody who had passed wanted to come through but you weren't letting them because you were afraid? I didn't want Uncle Charlie to wake me up in the middle of the night and say hey could you tell Aunt Betty this okay. but the th funny thing is is in this process I moved to Hollowell and it wasn't Uncle Charlie but it was everybody else in the neighborhood and I was like I, I was a new girl in town and to be honest there are more dead people in Hollowell than there are alive people <laughs> And so they're like, woohoo, new girl in town, and she could hear us. So they'd be chit chatting with me, and I'd be like, and they never chit chat with us during the day. It's when we're, it's quiet, we're trying to sleep, it's all that kind of stuff. I'd be like, guys, I have to go to bed. <laughs> I have to get up and work in the morning. And the, when I first moved to Hollowell, I lived in a boarding house, and the boarding house itself was chucker block full of beings. And one of the, former owners um, way back in the day, it was a boarding house too. And she loved having me there because I energetically cleared the house. I kept things at bay. I kept the house safe because I wanted, I needed to live in the house too. So she's like, game on. I love having you here. And I'd be like, yeah, that's great. But um, can you talk to me during the day? So between the house and the town, I finally, and, and the fact that so many people wanted to talk to their ancestors that I'm finally like, okay, this really is okay. The universe um, never gives us more than what we are asking for. We might not be ready for it, but they don't give us any more than that we're asking for. And I, you know, I'm very well protected. I'm not foolish enough to think that there aren't things out there, but my theory is if I don't go poke them, they're probably not going to bother me either. Right. So, especially if I do my prayers and my protection and all that kind of stuff. That's what I was going to ask you. So what do you do as a, what, a regular practice that kind of helps you be accessible and helps you be in that safe place? I am only really truly accessible when I'm working. Because okay. you can't be in this high vibrational energy because you will burn your body out. Because our human bodies are not designed to sit in that high vibrational energy. So things, yes, things come and go. But if I am on, so to speak, I've actively purposely done something to do that. And by something, I mean, I say my prayers, I ground myself, I ask for protection, I ask that my energy is my energy and only my energy. So there's a series of things that I prepare myself for before anybody comes and has a reading, whether that's in person or on Zoom or wherever. And so I ground, balance, center myself, make sure that everything that I'm dealing with is divine white light and everything that that you're coming with is divine white light too. So I protect myself. I don't like that word, but I get myself ready. And then I, then I use that divine white light to infuse you in. So everybody's safe and you only speak to what is of the divine light, white light. And then when it's finished, I 
I'm getting better at. We call it opening the circle when things start. So we open up that, that, that portal, that sense of energy, because what happens is I raise my vibration as high as I can get it. Those beings on the other side lower theirs. So we kind of have a conversation in the middle. And <clears throat> when it's done, the goal is to finish saying a prayer. Thank you very much. I really appreciate all your help. Um, there's a prayer that you say, and then, then I say this, the circle is now closed. Mm -hmm. um, so that is done. And, and not that you're ever unconnected from spirit, but you put some parameters around it. So there's prayers before I am accessed um, during, and then I close it off at the end. And I, and I do think that that, I'm sorry, what? Oh no, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think that's one of the big misconceptions that John Q. Public has about us that we are on all the time. And there's no way you could be because it's like running a marathon. When I do fairs, I am sitting in that um, high vibrational energy and I am exhausted the next day. That doesn't happen when I'm doing energy sessions like Reiki or Primus, because I'm getting just as much energy as, as my client is. But when I'm having a conversation with spirit, I'm channeling that information, I'm getting that information and I'm giving it to you. So it's down and out. And there's not that reciprocation. So that's a little bit rougher on my body. I love it, love it, love it, love it. But I know that I will be tired um, the next day. And I can tell you when spirit, it's, it's like kind of like when the eldest leaves the building, same kind of thing. When spirit leaves the building, I get really cold and I'm starving and I don't tend to eat meat very often, but on those days that I do fairs, I crave beef. Wow. That huh. protein. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so what I was going to say was, I understand that part of what you do is you teach norm other people to channel too. That's true. Correct. I do teach um, psychic development classes um, on Zoom and well, not right now um, because of COVID, but on Zoom um, and I can do um, 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 in person when when that that is allowed. Um, I also teach um, energy classes like I introduce you to your holistic energy and what that feels like and how to access universal energy. I do tarot card classes. Um, I do a spiritual protection and cleansing class. There's a whole bunch of classes that I teach too. So. Which we'll give your website at the end again. But yes, on there. So I think it's another misperception that um, not everybody's psychic, but I think I'm guessing. So this is a question that you would say any, everybody has psychic abilities, but we never emphasize them or learn about them or bring them out. And what would you say about that? I would definitely agree that anybody and everybody can do this because that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We are here to learn. We are never really disconnected to our spiritual selves. Um, and the way that, oh, I can only speak to the United States, but the, the way that people have been indoctrinated or taught or socialized or any of those words, that there is there's a lot of fear around it and people don't think there's a disconnection around it. Therefore, they don't feel like they're, they can do this, that, that they can, they need to go see somebody and yeah, you can, but you do it all the time. You don't realize it. Like you're thinking about somebody and the phone rings. Well, not nowadays, because we all text each other, but you think something and then somebody will show up or you think something and like, oh, I'd really like to buy a blue car. Well, what do you start seeing? Blue cars. Yeah. So 
yes, we all have that ability. Um, it just depends on how how well you develop your psychic abilities and your psycho, psych, psychic muscles, because it's just like going to the gym. The more right. you work with it, the strength, better it's, it strengthens, but we all can do it. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder too, if, if in your teaching people, have you know, is there anything that you're aware of with certain people that they have certain qualities that would make them more conducive to learning than others the less afraid you are the easier it is and the less that you can get out of your human brain and get into your spiritual brain the better off you are because there really are two separate brains when you're doing this mm -hmm. um, because you have to access your penal gland which is way way down in the base of your head um, and it's a very different part of your brain than if you are having a conversation like you and I are having a conversation I kind of use this part of my brain more if you can let go of trying, because the harder you try, forget it, because you, then you've accessed your human brain and that's all bets are off. You let go of your human brain, as odd as that sounds, and allow that penile gland or that deep, deep part of your brain to get switched on. That makes it much easier too. Yeah. But the biggest thing is trying too hard and being afraid, because afraid is a different lower vibrational energy and it's just energy than being open is right hmm. so interesting yeah i always called this brain the figuring it out brain you know yes it's yes the struggle to figure it out and yeah. it just gets in the way right oh it does it so yeah. gets in the way yeah and so would this what you're talking about this part of your brain more deal with your intuition what you would call yes yeah. Yes. Like the inner mm -hmm. knowing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you have a chakra point right in the middle of your forehead called the third eye. And that's where your psychic abilities live and your intuition lives. And then you have the crown chakra, which connects you to the universal source itself. And you also have lots of chakras that run off the top of your head too. And chakras are just where energy meets either energy points. And part of that, that you have so many off the top of your head is because your human body has to get used to that high vibrational energy. And if it hits the top of your head without kind of being funneled first, your human body will go, uh, what are we doing? <laughs> Maybe you'll get a headache, right? That's right. You will get a headache. Um, and I have a friend of mine who was really silly about that. She said, I want to drop all the veils and I want to see everything. Well, she gave herself such a rip roaring headache. She gave herself, you know, she put herself to bed for three days. So yeah. Don't be silly when you do this. Slow and steady definitely wins the race. Right. Okay. So let's go back to your heroine's journey. So you have this bad experience, but you learn a lot from it and you grow and continue to learn and develop your abilities and get a lot of help, you recognize how resilient you are, that you are a survivor, that you're powerful, that you can manifest, that you can teach other people to do the same thing. You develop all these classes because you're a pro at it because of all your school teaching. Correct. Um, so, and, and so I think that brings us to me asking you, because we talked about this, that you're getting another call and you're sort of hovering over the threshold. And I think fear is involved here too, as far as- Yes, yeah. yes, that's, and I 
can't give you a lot of the details, but that has moved forward. Um, I, again, made another conscious decision that um, if I, it's kind of funny how the universe kind of taps you on the shoulder. Um, there was a class that I was going to take about this time last year. And I'm like, uh, I, nope, can't afford it. Can't afford it. Um, and this year it rolled around again. I'm like, well, if I don't do it now, I'm going to be in the exact same spot I was a year ago because here I am. Yeah. And um, so I, I decided to take that class. It's working itself out. Um, money's coming um, and to, to be able to afford it. And there's another class I'm taking too. Um, but I am moving further away from my education, my, my day job. And I am, my um, education um, job is 30 hours right now. And I'm dropping down to even less hours. So, and the deal is, <clears throat> the intention is that I am going to focus even more on my um, Heartfelt Energies business so that can flourish and grow. Um, and, um, but still have that steady income to get from this point to that point. So it took a while. It took, um, it took a while for me to be able to do this, to be able to be able to say, okay, I am going to do this. I'm going to do this because you're right. Fear was a part of it because how am I going to make ends meet? What about insurance? What about this? What about that? And it's funny, my current supervisor at school congratulated me on my 12 year work anniversary from Heartfelt Energies. And all she did say was congratulations on 12 years. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, 12 years? Yeah, it's been a slow and steady climb, but I don't want to be here in another 12 years. And it and it's funny, like the like other other things have happened, but it wasn't until I had my V8 moment when she said it that like and she was heartfelt about it and you know all that. And she knows that I do this part-time for now. Um, but it's like, oh my God, 12 years. Well, we have to make some changes because I don't want to be in the exact same spot I am going to be in 12 years. And it's really funny how once I made that decision, how quickly the universe has manifested itself for me to be able to make more changes. Right. Step out of that fear as much as you can, um, because I can tell you it slows you down all the time um, because it's a different resonance of energy. And to be more open, um, I don't always follow my own advice. And I'm always surprised like when it does, like, oh my goodness, the universe is right. Here it is. Um, so it's, it's um, <clears throat> I said, I don't want to give too much away, but we're certainly moving down or moving towards that our felt energies thing full time. Right. I, I really wanted you to speak about it because there's a lot of women that are in that same place where they know they've decided what they really want to do mm -hmm. but they're worried about can I afford it and what about the steady paycheck I'll lose that but I really don't want to be there anymore and right fear is like screaming as loud as because it's it's definitely scary oh yeah yeah and what's outweighing the fear right now is the great discomfort at work. I, I've outgrown it and um, I can't not. And I'll be glad when I'm at that point where I'm not, like I can move faster when I'm not 
excruciatingly uncomfortable. And I know that there's a lot of women and men too, for that, for that matter too, that are excruciating uncomfortable. And it's really a point of you're going to stay or you're going to go. And so, you know, even though I'm a psychic and I know all, know all the stuff, it still happens to us too. Absolutely. And that's, so there's a lot of quotes about this, but Anais Nin, you know, when it, when the pain of staying closed up as a bud gets worse than blossoming, you know, that's when you do it. Um, but also to your point, you know, I'm a fan of Joseph Campbell's work and he said, take one step towards the gods or the universe and mm -hmm. they take 10 steps towards you. So it's, yes. it's almost like if you can get yourself to even take a small step in that direction and start seeing what comes to you, it gives you the impetus to keep going. And it sounds like yes. it's happening for you. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I'm really, really excited. I'm really excited to see where this is going to go. Right. Wow. Well, and I know what you talked to me about, what that means for you is, is the next level in your business is going to retreat centers and being mm -hmm. a center and a workshop leader, mm -hmm. doing more speaking and sharing more of what you've learned and, and more about your heroine's journey. Yes. And it's, it's interesting because with this group that I just belonged, I joined this this, um, it's called JVIC. Um, I joined in January and there was a point a few weeks ago that's like, Ooh, ready or not, I'm in the big leagues now. And it's like, uh, I'm like, Hey, wait, this is what you've been asking for. So let's, let's see how you surf through this. Right. Answered prayer. So yes. Answered prayer. That's very great. much. So that's great. And I am really happy for you. Teeny. Thank you. So what can you, what's kind of the people are listening, they've heard what you've done, what's happened to you, how things were hard, but how it has paid off because you learned so much. What would you want to be sure they heard from you that if they forgot everything else, what do you want them to know, to hear? Abraham Hicks talks about this all the time and it took me a long time to be able to hear it, but everything will work out okay. Yeah. And ditch the fear, yeah. ditch the fear. If you can move through the fear, what's on the other side of that is exponentially, it's, it's fear, it's whoever said, feel the fear and do it anyway, was yeah. spot on. I think it's a book from it's way back when. It's a book. Um, I think I um, <laughs> do you? <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I had, I think it's a blue cover, at least the, the edition that I had many, many years ago. Um, and I don't want to make light of it because fear is, fear is very, very powerful. And in a lot of ways, it keeps us safe because you way back in the day, you didn't want to get eaten by that saber-toothed tiger. But even if you let go of it incrementally, it's if there really not, well, it's not, I was going to say there really isn't anything to be afraid of, but that might not be true. And with that said, understand and know, know in your head and know in your heart that everything will work out okay. I think what you described to us when you talked about getting your energy where it needs to be in order to channel and, and when you were refusing to do it and, and how the fear energy vibrates at a very low, different. Oh, it does. And then you talked about gratitude and that when you get into a gratitude mode, 
you raise your mm. I know because I've yeah. been there and I do do the gratitude practice. Mm -hmm. So it's such a good anecdote to keep the fear from reappearing is just start that gratitude engine going. Right, right. Yeah. And we, I, and I've said this to my students when they first started, they probably didn't either. But when I first started my first tarot class, I really wish that I had kept a journal because my tarot card teacher said, keep a journal. You'll be amazed at how much you grow. Mm -hmm. So if you can take my advice, drop the fear, know that everything is going to be out all right and start some kind of journal practice, you'll be amazed even in six months to a year from now where how in such a different place that you are. Wow. Good advice. Good advice. And so tell, how can we find you? Anybody, what's the best way somebody listening to this can, and of course, in our show notes, we'll put all this information, but I'd like you just to say it too. Sure. Um, I do have my own website. It's called Heartfelt Energies. So it's www.heartfeltenergies.com. Heartfelt Energies is also on Facebook. I have my own business page, Heartfelt Energies, H-E-A-R-T-F-E-L-T-E-N-E-R-G-I-E-S. I'm on Twitter, a teeny tiny little bit on Instagram, and even less on Clubhouse. But um, um, but I, like I said, I do have the Facebook page and I do have my website. So if somebody's listening to this and they say, okay, well, I'm gonna do what Susanna did and I wanna schedule a reading or something, with you, Jeannie, the best way is through an email. Through an email, that's heartfeltenergies at gmail.com. But my, my website also has links that you can click right. to um, get into my calendar and you can book your session and pay right there the same day. That's probably the easiest way. And there's several places on my website that you can, that says click here to book something with Jeannie, so. Great, okay. And again, this will all be written in the show notes. So. I am just so pleased that you were able to be with me today. And I thank you, Jeannie Sullivan, very much for doing so. Thank you very much for having me. I love this stuff. I, I could talk about this stuff all day, every day. It is certainly my passion and, and my, certainly definitely part of my heroine's journey. Right. Well, I, for one, wish you the biggest success in your moving off that threshold and keeping the fear at bay and letting the gods help you over and ratcheting things up where you want it to be. I, I feel very confident that you will not be in the same place a year from now. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate those kind words. Thank you. You're welcome. And everyone listening will be back in two weeks with another guest. And I thank you so much for being with us today. And remember that you are on the sacred heroine's journey and you are a heroine. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Life Heroines with Susanna Liller. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. To find more about Susanna and how she can assist you in your heroine story, go to SusannaLiller.com forward slash blog or find us on social media and YouTube by searching Susanna Liller. You can also email us directly at Susanna at SusannaLiller.com. We'd love to hear from you.
To be encouraged and inspired outside of the show and blog, check out You Are Heroine, a retelling of the hero's journey written by your host and coach, Susanna, available on Amazon. Until the next time, be well, heroine.